Hello, it's Sarah here. I'm so glad you are listening to the Heart to Heart Outreach Podcast. One of my greatest passions is ministering to women, creating a space where they can learn from others and ultimately becoming the women God has made them to be. This message you are about to hear will surely do that for you. Why not share it with a friend as you grow together in Jesus? Hello everyone and welcome to my YouTube channel. This is Sarah and uh, this is uh, Heart to Heart. Uh, I am with you today again and I know it takes a little bit of time but I managed to get time to do this video again. As you know my videos are based on Christianity and uh, as well as life issues and solutions to those life issues. My message today is about faith and confession. And uh, for those of you who are Christians, you would obviously understand what I'm talking about. And for those who are knowledgeable in the uh, subject that I'm going to be discussing today, uh, you know, you are welcome to comment and let us learn from you as well. And for those who are Christians and you are not quite knowledgeable with the uh, subject or matter of my topic today, then just sit and sit down and relax and absorb and you will learn a lot. And for those of you who are not yet Christians, just listen and see how it goes. You never know. You, you will get something out of it too. So this is for everybody. Uh, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word. This is uh, found in Romans 10, 17. The word gives us knowledge. It gives us knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, who we were before redemption, and who are we after redemption. That's what we get from the word of God. Faith means taking God at his word. That means what the word of God says. You take it literally. You don't think it is talking to some other group of people. You take it that it is talking to you in the now, not in the past, but in the now. So that is faith. And then in um, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, which is the main scripture about faith, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 to 2, uh, the, 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 the scripture talks about faith as a substance, substance of things hoped for. Substance to me means something that is tangible, something that is touchable, something that is there. It is it, just you can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it. That's substance. It is talking about the evidence. Evidence is something that you can prove that it is here. It is talking about uh, uh, the substance, evidence of things that are not seen. We know that evidence, they, they even in court say bring evidence or wherever. You bring something that people can see maybe or hear. With this type of faith that is uh, Bible related and God related, it is the evidence of things that you do not see yet with your naked eye so verse 2 says for it uh, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony faith does not depend on senses as we know physiologically 
we have five senses, the sense of smell, sense of uh, uh, touch or feeling, sense of hearing, sense of taste, and sense of sight. So these are the things that God has blessed us with. And these are the things that uh, intellect, um, uh, education, uh, science base their things on. Science always works by proving a thing. Until a thing is proven, science will not accept it. And a lot of things in this life are based on science. Therefore, we are used to having evidence of things that we can touch, things that we can see, things that we can hear, things that we can smell. And then we can confirm that this thing is there because I can smell it. This thing is there because I can touch it. Not so with faith that is based on the word of God. And uh, hope is the same as the, the sense, senses, is the same as what science and normal life uh, based their uh, thinking around. Hope is uh, uh, full of uncertainty. It, it is a maybe, a maybe not. Wishful thinking, a thing of the future. Someday it relies on the senses. When you hope for, th for something, you don't even have a time scale. You can't say tomorrow. You, you, you kind of like, maybe someday. And in your heart, you know that this thing may not even come at all. You have accepted that in your heart, that whether it comes or not, I hope it comes, but I don't know. I'm not sure. That is hope. That is knowledge based on senses. But the faith that I'm going to talk about is that one that is based on some things that you know they are there because God says so, even though you can see them because that's what the word of God says. Now, the disciples, we know that Jesus had disciples. When they were walking with Jesus, those three years when Jesus was on earth, they did not really quite know who Jesus is. I did say that the word of God uh, 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 gives us the knowledge of who Jesus is, who God is, who we are before and who we are after. But they didn't know who Jesus was at that time. Even though he was revealing himself countless times, they just didn't grasp it. They didn't quite know who they were at that time. You know, and then uh, the thing is that was after before uh, Pentecost. And then when Jesus died, he did give them an instruction to go to the upper room where they were going to receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was promised to, to, to be their vehicle, their fuel to take on the work that he himself, Jesus, was doing. They needed that empowerment from the Holy Spirit and they were going to get that in the upper room. So a date was set that Jesus told them to go. That They did go, though. Some of them did go and uh, they did get the Holy Spirit. They saw the uh, uh, tongues of fire on their fore, on their uh, uh, scalp. They did uh, see, uh, uh, you know, they were seen uh, or seeing each other talking in, in, in other tongues. And the onlookers also saw them talking in other tongues. All those were sense knowledge. People could prove that something happened to them because they were manifesting things. They saw those tongues of fire on each other's heads. 
then when they got out, people could hear them talking in languages that they know they wouldn't have known those languages. That was still sense knowledge, even though it was coming from God, but it was sense knowledge to them. So the disciples were not even aware of a deeper knowledge of, of, of who Jesus was based on the word of God. When Peter came out of the uh, upper room, he preached a sermon, and this is in uh, Acts 2.38. And that sermon, in, in the end, when people now said, what should we do? He told them to repent and be baptized and that they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He left a whole lot of things that are that pertain to the benefit of the cross. Jesus went to the cross, not just for salvation, but Peter dwelled on them getting a new life in Christ, uh, getting remission of their sins and getting the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it ended there. And that congregation, if I were to reason, they would have stayed that way. Just get saved, get your sins forgiven, get the, 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 the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that's it. They wouldn't know anything else outside of that. And that was just a part of what happened when Jesus went to the cross. So the disciples, despite the fact that they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they still did not know Jesus fully. They know a little bit about him. And that's what they were taking to others. Because you can't tell something that you don't know. You cannot impart something that you do not have. So they could only talk about what they knew at the time. Paul was an apostle by Jesus Christ. He did not, he wasn't part of the 12. He did not walk with Jesus when Jesus was on earth, but he met up with Jesus and it was God ordained. God wanted his zealousness and his zeal and his passion for what he was doing that was against the gospel at the time. He wanted to use that for the gospel this time. And he managed to get him into contact with Jesus. And from that day on, he became an apostle. And Paul, now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he grasped the things that the 12 didn't grasp about the cross, what Jesus did on the cross the benefits and the privileges that Jesus gave us through the cross. Not only redemption, not only remission of sins, not only baptism with the Holy Spirit. No, not only new life. There was a lot more. And those things were discovered by Paul. And Paul in the book of Acts, in the first letter to the Corinthians, in the Hebrews, and also in Romans, he spoke about the prophecy that came through uh, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53 when he was talking about the cross that would happen through Jesus Christ many years, decades before Jesus even came into being. And then Paul spoke about that prophecy in those books when, and, and revealed the, the things that the 12 disciples didn't know in those books. Now Peter, uh, after grasping the revelation that uh, Paul brought to them, you know, you know about the, 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 the additional things that uh, the benefits and the privileges and that Jesus uh, gave 
us humanity by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. Peter grasped it for the first time. And we find Peter now at the, 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 the beautiful gate in, um, in, in, in Acts 3. You know, he meets a man that was crippled for life. And this man had been sitting on that gate that was called beautiful. And he would um, beg for money. And people would give him money because he was crippled. He couldn't work. And Peter, after being, uh, you know, rejuvenated by the new message of the cross that he got, he received from uh, Paul. He was a new man. He didn't just know that Jesus can forgive sins, that Jesus can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus can do the, can uh, uh, give you new life. He didn't only uh, uh, know that. He now knew that there's something much more. When he met the man, he didn't only say you need to be you need to, to be saved. Yeah, of course, the Bible doesn't say so in that scripture, but we believe that the man was saved because uh, Peter wouldn't have left him unsaved. He didn't only preach to him about salvation, but he remembered what Paul said. Paul said, you have a name. Paul had, had taught them in Acts 16, I think it's verse 17, when he said, those that believe in my name, they will cast out uh, demons. They will um, uh, uh, speak in new tongues. They will uh, 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 take up serpents. And if they drank a deadly drink, they will by no means be had. He remembered what Paul said and he said, oh my God, I have something more to give this man. I have a name. And he said, you know what? I don't have silver. I do not have the gold that everybody else is giving you, but I have something that everybody else, everybody else doesn't have. I have the name of Jesus. And in this name, I command you right now that you stand up and walk. And the man did not get money, but he got his walking back. And that is the day that Peter's eyes opened to what was more on the cross. It's not all. There was much more that they were going to discover that Paul brought to their knowledge. And even today as Christians, we can be limited to only think that certain things, we take a part of what happened on the cross and lean on that. And we leave out the other privileges and the other gifts that Jesus gave us through dying on the cross and rising up again. And it is happening even today. And I feel like we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to what the word of God says and take it by faith and see what God can do through us for our fellow brethren. There are three main facts to grasp from the teaching of faith and the teaching of the cross. Uh, one, what God did for us in Christ in the great substitution. The Bible talks of Jesus as a substitute. He substituted our sinful life for his righteous life. So we are righteous because he gave us his righteousness. And when he went to the cross, he had taken up our sinfulness. And then we became new creations as in uh, 2 Corinthians 5. 21. It says Jesus was made sin. He who knew no sin was made sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what happened in the cross. 
that we can become righteous. Peter may have touched on this when he came out of the uh, upper room. He may have touched on it because he said, repent and uh, get your sins uh, uh, um, uh, 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 forgiven. He did that, yeah? But he did not emphasize the fact that not only their sins are being taken away, but they are now new creatures. They now are righteous. And that this righteousness comes from Christ. So they have now a new identity. That is something that they needed to know so they can walk with that knowledge and that revelation and believing that I have Christ in me and in him I am righteous. That's another benefit. And then in Isaiah 53, 3 to 6, you know, uh, the word of God is talking about it. This is just what Isaiah prophesied, what Paul brought to the uh, 12 disciples, some things that they did, didn't know. These are extra things now that they didn't know that was prophesied by prophet Isaiah. And Paul grabbed hold of them and he shared this with the 12. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took on every filth that was on humankind and he took it with him to the cross. And when he died on the cross, he buried it with him in that tomb. When he came out, all those things were left in there. They were dealt with, done, finished, clean slate. Not only the sins, these are the things that also were dealt with. This, uh, he was despised. He was rejected. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God. It was God who stroked him. It was God who smote him for our affliction. So every sorrow that we have, every grief, that we have, every disease that we have, because he was bruised for our diseases. He was bitten for our sicknesses. All those things are the things that the disciples at the time did not know until Paul brought this knowledge to them. And today I can assure you that most of Christians do not know that this scripture uh, it refers to them as well. It's not a prophecy that was given hundreds of years ago by the prophet Isaiah. That's what Paul discovered. And he said, this is for us. Because when Christ died on the cross, he left us these benefits that when we, are, we feel despised, we need to remember that that uh, 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 despise has been left on the cross. If we feel rejected, if we have griefs, if we have sorrows, if we have diseases, if we have lack, if we have weaknesses, if we have anything whatsoever, they are all now left on the cross. We rose with him with none of these things any longer. So by faith, we have to believe that they are dealt with, they are not there. Remember the five senses that we and science 
and here physiologically we have so this is not to do with all those five senses this has got nothing to do with how you feel how what you can see uh, what you can hear what you can smell it's got nothing to do with that that is for mankind this is eternal things you take the word of god by evidence and by um, a, a, a substance him having been made sin and and uh, is one point under what god did for us and the second point under what god did for us in christ in the great substitution is the fact that we are a new creation this is found in 2 corinthians 5:17 therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new this is now when you know that you are not who you were in the adamic uh, 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 nature you are now a new creature you are in christ christ came to replace adam so you are now having a new nature you it's not about now sinning it's about your nature you know we sinned and we did what was wrong because we were have, carrying a sin nature but now we come into a a, a, a a righteous nature by jesus christ so now we consider ourselves now to be a, re a recreation, to have been recreated. This is where the, 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 the term born again comes from. Those old things that this scripture is talking about are things uh, like defeat, disease, failure, weakness, you know, sin, spiritual death. Because the Bible says Jesus had uh, conquered the last enemy and the last enemy according to the word of god is death how had he uh, conquered it for some of you who are not believers or for those of you who are believers but maybe you didn't know for some reason the the, the death i'm talking about is the spiritual death it's not the death on this earth on this earth we are all passing but one day we are going to be in another life and it is that life that we will not die that is where God comes in and say he will give us eternal life. He's talking about that second life, not this life that we are on. So, you know, Jesus conquered death that will take that second life away from us. So we have been gifted, we have been blessed, and we have been given uh, uh, that, 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 that eternal life as a, a, a benefit from the cross. And number two, first is uh, uh, what God did for us uh, in Christ in the great substitution. And secondly, he, uh, he gave us his name. I did touch upon uh, the name when Peter got that revelation from Paul and he met a crippled man in, in, at, at the gate and he used the name of Jesus and that man uh, 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 stood up and, 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 and walked. I can give you an example, my personal, um, you know, experience about the name of Jesus that I was shocked. And it, uh, uh, that was about uh, around uh, summer and I was at work and, um, you know, I work, as I said, I work in mental health and I do come, as we know, mental health is a whole lot of uh, another realm there. You know, if you are a Christian, you will know that in mental health, sometimes 
you 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 get you come face to face with with with, with, with evil you know that has taken over the, the life of uh, uh, you know a, a, a god's creation you, you can see if you are a christian sometimes that i'm face to face with something here and that was one of the days and i was on night duty and i just went um, down to emergency department been having been called to come and see someone who uh, mental health team needed to to come and assess and so we can signpost them to where they can get help and then when i got there uh, I started to talk and the person told me what was happening with them is a, a, a middle-aged uh, a, a, a white woman who had uh, doubled into the um, um, Asian uh, religion, uh, you know, yoga, and she went very, very deep into the staff to a point where she now, um, 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 uh, what, what do we invoked, um, you know, uh, uh, evil powers i mean evil powers really she invoked a, a power that is called kundalini that came into her and then she was doing this yoga every day and and invoking this spirit of kundalini to come and indwell her because she was told that you know the this spirit is going to rid her of every problem that she has she's going to have this peace and calmness she's going to have uh, you know uh, uh, this uh, no diseases arthritis and everything will go that's what she believed and she wanted this spirit to come into her so she can have that peaceful life and then the spirit did come one day and when it came she started to manifest in her house she started to feel pain she described everything that was happening but then the main thing she said was she felt like uh, in her spine at the back, she felt like a serpent was uh, a, a, a moving along her spine. And she could tell that the movement, uh, you know, uh, resembled that of a, a serpent. A serpent is a snake. She And, and her body was contouring uh, according to, you know, the, the movement of the snake. That was at home. And then she started not to sleep. She started now to hallucinate she started all sorts of things started to happen and then she ended up coming to um, for for help with mental health and then she's relating to me this and i'm feeling in my spirit that oh my god i'm face to face with something here what am i gonna do i'm supposed to do a, a an assessment here and look at what now i'm going to be doing this is not mental health this is something else and then i don't know what happened i started to uh, when i started to speak now my voice provoked the thing that was on in her and little did i know that uh, you know because i'm i'm trying to take on my position of a health professional and i'm trying to maintain that because you know i'm at, at work here and then, but my very voice provoked what was in her. The minute I opened my mouth, she started to manifest. She went in a contortion. She screamed and her hands were like that. Her face was contorted. Her body was, she was like coming for me or anything. Her eyes bulged. And she was growling like, I don't know, a lion or something. And she looked like an animal. Her position changed. Luckily, it was a room 
even though people could see because the door had a glass uh, panel and people were, if they were going past, they could see anyway, but nobody was standing there watching anyway. So I took advantage of that. And under my breath, I said, in the name of Jesus, something came upon me. I got a holy anger right at work. I put my notebook away. I was going to take notes and assess. I put it away. I said, in the name of Jesus, you are not going to do this to this woman. I said, come out right now in the name of Jesus. The more I say in the name of Jesus, the more the thing was seizing her and taking hold of her. And I went in and I could tell it was a war. I mean, a war in an emergency department examination room. A war erupted. I said in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The more I said in the name of Jesus, the more she contorted. And then towards the end, I could see her relaxing, relaxing. The contortions are lessening and she's becoming, her muscles are relaxing. She is going back and sitting up. And then she said, yeah, that name. Yes, keep saying that, keep saying that. She's not like a growling animal anymore wanting to eat me alive. She's now saying, keep doing that. Yes, Jesus, keep saying that. And then now I said it. I said it and she was delivered in a emergency department. So the name of Jesus. That day, I didn't really have, I knew about the name of Jesus, but I had never really seen it working through me that way. I I went back and people that I work with are not Christian. Some are, some are not. And I just had to share what I saw, whether they understood what I was saying or not. I just had to share, not go deep anyway in, in a Christian way, but I had to share it. So the name of Jesus is something that we got from Jesus himself and he gave it to us as part of the benefits of the cross. I just wanted to give you that as well. That's number two. Uh, uh, number three is uh, what Jesus is doing for us now. Remember, it is um, number one, as, as I said earlier, is um, what God did for us in Christ in the great substitution. I just don't want you to, this is teaching, I don't want you to forget. And what the Holy Spirit through the word can do in us. That's number two. And then number three is what Jesus is doing for us now at the right hand of the Father. I like this Psalm, Psalm 110, and verses one to two and verse four. A Psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. The Lord has sown and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ that we serve, the son of the living 
God. He is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. We know that in the old covenant, there were priests. And um, I just want you to know, understand this, that remission of sins happens when we come from Adam into Christ. We get remission of sins. Forgiveness comes when we are now in Christ, but we are doing something maybe that we needed to confess. That's when we can be forgiven. I will explain as I go. I know that uh, some of you are saying, what, what? Yes, this forgiveness is for those who are in Christ that need to confess something that they know is not in line with their faith. They get forgiven forever because he is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek interceding for us day and night, 24-7, non-stop. We can be assured that he is there praying for us on our behalf. And we have this assurance that he will never relent. He will always be at his post. Hallelujah. Ephesians uh, 2, 6 said, and uh, uh, I'm just reading part of it, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember the heading of this is what Jesus is doing for us now at the right hand of the Father. So one of the things that I said in the beginning, what uh, uh, knowledge of the word is doing or what the word of God is, uh, 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 is benefiting us with. It benefits us with uh, one of the things is knowing who we were before uh, redemption and knowing who we are after redemption. Now, and not only who we are, but what is happening and where we are in this new life that Christ has given us. So, I was talking about the priests. Now, Aaron in the Old Covenant was a, 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 a priest according to the order of the Levi, according to the Jewish law. And he was born of a woman and a man. He was flesh. He was human, subject to disease, subject to death, subject to sin. Therefore, there was a, 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 a what do we call it? There, there was a procedure that he needed to follow when he would uh, uh, intercede on behalf of the people. Uh, the order was that once a year, he would go into the holy place, into the, the, the holiest or uh, the holy of, of holies. And that's where he was going to plead with God to forgive himself and also forgive the people of Israel once a year. I'm coming back to the fact that forgiveness is for those who are already in Christ. This is the kind of forgiveness I'm talking about. The children of Israelites were believers. They were in Christ, even though it was in the new, uh, in the old covenant, but they were considered to be children of God. But they were subject to sin. They were subject to disease. They were subject to all sorts. So now if they had sinned, 
which was happening uh, once a, a, a year, uh, um, uh, Aaron would go into the uh, Holy of Holies and uh, uh, plead for their forgiveness and they would be forgiven. Now, what I'm coming at here is that Aaron is not like, his priesthood is different from the priesthood of Jesus Christ. The priesthood of Jesus Christ is by the order of Melchizedek, not by the order of the Levite, not by the order of a human being who is subject to disease. Jesus was not subject to disease. Jesus was not subject to sin. He was sinless. And that's why his priesthood was different from the one that Aaron had. Aaron had to be safe. He had to do the rituals, kill animals, and, um, you know, uh, sacrifice for himself and also kill other animals and sacrifice for the people before he went in. He had to wear certain gear, you know, the robes and everything else, for uh, you know, that were prescribed for, for, for that event. And then he had to be chained, uh, hooked on a chain, that uh, the, 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 there would be a, a group of men outside that would hold on to it. And then because he was a human and he, is, he was subject to sin. So if ever he had sinned and he hadn't done the, the, the procedure well, uh, when he got into the Holy of Holies, he was going to be consumed by the glory of God because the glory of God would not tolerate not even 1% of sin. So he knew that he couldn't guarantee his holiness. So he had to have a safety net behind him. So they would uh, chain, uh, hook him on a chain. They would uh, connect a bell on, on his person so that the bell can ring and, and then that would tell them that he is moving. When the bell is sounding, then that means he is moving, he's still alive. And then if the bell stopped sounding, then they would know that something had happened. Then they would uh, pull the chain uh, with the view of bringing his dead body out. So he would go in there. Jesus didn't have to do that. He was uh, uh, the sacrifice himself. He did not need to have goats. He did not need to have lambs. He would represent those goats and the lambs that were needed in the time of Aaron. He would be, he became them on the cross. And therefore his priesthood was born from the cross and he was ordained to be a priest forever. And now we are coming to who, what, what is happening with us now in this whole thing? Um, what is he doing? He is interceding on our behalf. He is getting us forgiven. Just like Aaron. When Aaron was going there once a year in the tabernacle and, and went deeper where nobody could go but only him in the Holy of Holies where he would be face to face with God. I mean, the glory of God. And he would put every sin of uh, the Israelites and himself in there. Jesus did not need to confess. Aaron had to confess his own sins. Jesus did not need to confess his own sins. And Aaron had to confess the sins of the, the people. Jesus has confessed them on the cross. He doesn't need to do that every year. So this is what is happening now. In the now, this is what we need to know. This is what is called righteousness. This is when they say we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That means Jesus did it 
for all. He's a priest. He's interceding for us, uh, you know, at the right hand of, of, of his majesty on high. And he is uh, 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 getting us forgiven, just like Aaron did that time. That's where I'm coming from when I said forgiveness is for those who are already in Christ. If you need, the devil wants to come and say to you, yesterday you did this, yesterday you did that, yesterday or oh, last year you did that. Jesus is interceding, sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high, interceding on your behalf, reminding the devil that you know what, the sin that you are talking about has been left on the cross and here I am, I am standing between that person and God and you cannot accuse them. That's what he is doing for you right now. And that's what you need to know. That's your righteousness. Your righteousness is in Christ. It's not in your power. Now, Hebrews 7, 27. By so much was Jesus made a surety, a surety of a better covenant. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. This is Aaron. Aaron was subject to to death and he did die but this man because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them that is Jesus interceding for us for such a high priest became us who is holy harmless undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. That's where he is, high above the heavens, on the right hand of his majesty, on high. That's where Jesus is. Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. This is Hebrews 7, uh, 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 Verses 22 to 27. You know, remember he was made sin for us. He went six feet under with our sin, with our sicknesses, with our lack, with our infirmities, with our afflictions, with our sorrows, with our grief, with our whatever it is that we can face up today. He went six feet down with those things. When he rose again, those things were dealt with, done with, because he is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. He doesn't need to plead on our behalf every year. It's done, it's a done deal. It's done and it's finished. Our job is to accept that and act upon it. Now, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through a high uh, 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 heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let us hold fast to the word of God. What is our confession? Our confession is the word of God. What the word of God says is our confession. Now that we have this high priest, let us, who is interceding for us, getting forgiveness for us, let us hold fast on the word of God, what the word of God says, because when we act upon it, then it becomes powerful in our lives. This is in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Then he sat down 
at the right hand of his majesty on high. What does it mean he sat down? It means your redemption is complete. It means you are healed. It means every disease must know that it, is, it has been laid on the cross of Calvary. When you get any sickness or disease, when you get any circumstances whatsoever, you need to tell that thing that you were laid on the cross of Calvary. You need to say, I have authority over you and I'm telling you right now that you have been laid upon the cross of Calvary by the high priest, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You have no right to be in my body. You have no right to be in his body. You have no right. You have no legal grounds whatsoever to be in me. This is what you need to do because his sitting at the right hand of God, this is what it means. I don't know about you, but when you sit, you relax. When you sit, peace comes upon you. When you sit, you don't have to do anything any longer. When you sit, every faculty in you, every system in you, it just becomes peaceful. And this is what Jesus did. He gave us that ultimate peace with everything, no matter what. Don't forget the five senses. That is a lie from the enemy. It does not agree with the word of God. It agrees with everything else, but not the word of God. So we are now holding fast our confession of what the word of God says. The word of God doesn't say you need to hear first. It doesn't say you need to see first. It doesn't say you need to smell first. It says, take it as it is, because it is there even before you see it. What does sitting means in this context of Jesus Christ? It means you are just as well as Jesus is. He never had any disease. You are just as well. No disease whatsoever as he has been or as he is because he's still there. Poverty, want, need, weakness, sickness, disease, are all a thing of the past. I want to share a story uh, with you, just briefly. The story of, um, uh, uh, it is a true story. Uh, there was uh, one of the, uh, the men that were used greatly by God. Uh, his name is Wigglesworth. He's an English man. And um, um, he, he was named an apostle of faith. And his faith, I mean, it, it, he has a tangible faith. And first, it was something that he himself had experienced. We were told that he had gallstones. And he, he, he went even beyond, you know, he went far above. Because he didn't want to be subject to science. And as a result, he wouldn't go to hospital or he wouldn't consult with a doctor if he was ill. When he had the gallstones, he refused to go to hospital. 
and he confessed his healing day by day. He confessed Isaiah 53. He said, by his stripes, I am healed. Every day when he wakes up and the pain wakes up him up in the middle of the night, and he knows that this is real, his senses were telling him that this is real. He would negate the senses by confessing, by his stripes, I am healed. Jesus did not die in vain. He died for these gold stones and I am healed. I'm not going to yield to how I feel. Guess what? It happened that after that long time of him suffering, one day the stones began to come out one after the other. And because he was bleeding from his back, he couldn't now carry his ministry anymore. He laid at home, but the stones came out one by one, miraculously, not without pain. Every stone carried so much pain, excruciating. And instead of him crying, he would call upon the name of Jesus and he would confess that by his stripes, I am healed. And they all came out one after the other until he was completely healed. I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you what Wigglesworth did. That's how his faith was so strong. And then the other story, again, I related to Wigglesworth was, I'm coming this, this, the senses now, uh, that Wigglesworth was holding a meeting for a year in a, a particular area. And he was having a, a, a healing meetings every evening and uh, praying for people at the end of the, uh, the, the, the meeting. And then people would come back the next day and giving testimonies. And there was this man, this woman with a, a goiter. And uh, a goiter is a, 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 a thyroid gland that is not functioning very well. It's malfunctioning. So it gets swollen. As some people may have seen it. Maybe some of you have. It gets swollen, it bulges, your neck is really become big. And then, so this woman had that kind of a, a disease and then she got prayed for and nothing happened, it seemed to happen. And then she came back the next day and Wigglesworth said, those that are healed, can they come and give their testimony? The woman went with the goiter still evidently there. She gave a testimony and said, I thank God that my goiter is gone. And she sat down. The next day she went. Every time Wigglesworth uh, called people to come and give testimony, this woman went and gave her testimony with the neck bulging even more. They are saying that it, it looked like it was even getting worse and worse. She went and she did that for a whole year, 12 months of this woman going every day and testifying when the goiter was still there. Every symptom of it was still there. She was still feeling everything. It was even getting worse. But she said, I am healed by his stripes and I'm going to testify. They mocked her, the others. They laughed at her. They thought she had lost her marbles. They thought she's not with it any longer. She endured not only the disease now, she endured the mockery from the other believers. Wigglesworth looked at her and said in his heart and said, what a woman of faith. He didn't say anything. And then one day, 12 
12 months, um, you know, a period, a, a period of 12 months. One day she woke up. The neck was as your neck and my neck. Nothing. She went back to the service that night and everybody didn't need, they didn't need to hear. They could just see. Now the senses are coming. They just saw. She went in the front and said, I don't need to speak, as you can see. And Wigglesworth said, what a woman of faith. This is, we do not dwell on the senses. It doesn't matter whether you have a broken leg and you can still see, feel the pain. You confess by his stripes, I am healed. It doesn't matter. There are two types of confessions. You can either confess, you hold fast to your confession of what the word of God says, as Hebrews is saying, or you do the wrong confession of confessing what you see, what you feel, or what you can, you, you, you can hear. And then you will not get what Jesus did on the cross if you confess according to the senses. You won't get it. I can tell you that. The woman get it because she refused to confess what she was feeling. She was feeling the pain. The swelling was still there. She refused to say, oh, yeah, I know they prayed for me, but it's still there. She wouldn't say that. There are, again, the third uh, 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 confession. This is the confession of saying, yes, I know I've been prayed. I know Jesus heals disease. I know that Jesus uh, uh, died uh, for my sickness. I know that by his stripes I am healed, but I still have the headache. You are now canceling what Jesus has done. You are now canceling what the word has said. You don't go anywhere near how you feel. You don't go anywhere near the symptom. You don't go anywhere near what others are saying. You stay on the confession. You hold fast to, the, to your confession, what the word of God says, by his stripes. I am healed. I don't care what I feel today. I don't care about this flu. I don't care about this blood disease. I don't care about this cancer. All I know is that by his stripe, I am healed up until, you know, uh, the, the, the healing comes. Like Wigglesworth took him so long with the gallstones and the woman took her a whole year with the goiter. Jesus is alive. And today you can have that healing. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Now, how do we, uh, uh, or oh, before I get to that, uh, what do we confess? We confess that our sin have been taken away. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. That he has surely borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases, that he was stricken and he was smitten and afflicted of God on our behalf. We confess that by his stripes, we are healed. We take his word, you know, literally. We, 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 we confess that he is head of all principalities and powers. Remember that Psalm 110 said, he, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, that his enemies are uh, his footstool. You know, that means you are above the principalities and the powers. And where Jesus is, that's where 
you are because you are in him. So where, where he is at the right hand of God, far above the heavens, that's where you are. Everything else is underneath his feet. Therefore, everything else is underneath your own feet. He conquered death, the last enemy. That's what we confess. He supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. He lays a table in the presence of my enemies. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what you confess when you are faced with lack, when you are faced, your bank account is saying the contrary. You have no penny. You know, that's what you confess. He lays a table in the presence of my enemy. There's food on my table. You know, when you don't have money to pay your bills, you say, you know, he supplies all my needs according to his riches in blood. You say it until that money lands on your hand. He is the great high priest. He is my advocate fighting your battles. 1 John 2 verses 1 to 2. He is your mediator standing between you and God and, and bringing you, if you are not saved, this is, is bringing you into the redemptive position, the redemptive benefit of the cross. You say this, you confess this until it happens. 1 Timothy 2.5 He is my intercessor. Hebrews 7.25 I am a joint heir. He is the heir of God. That is, he, is, he inherits everything that God has. What God has belongs to Jesus. What belongs to God belongs to Jesus. What belongs to Jesus belongs to you because you are a child of God. And the word here says, you are a joint heir in Romans 8, 17. You are a joint heir. You know this joint account, this joint this. You are a joint heir. What is this is yours. If you have a joint account with your husband or your wife, you know that that money in that account 100% belongs to you. 100% belongs to your wife or your husband. That is joint. That's what is happening with Jesus. What is God's is his and is us because we are all joined together. That's what you need to confess. When the enemy comes, you say, oh, I'm a joint heir. Have you forgotten, devil? Have you forgotten that you are under his feet and I am with him? Therefore, you are under my feet. When disease pops his head, you say, you know, I'm telling you now that you were laid on the cross of Calvary. And that's where you need to go. That's where you need to remain. Don't even try. That's what you do. You know, that's what you confess. It doesn't matter whether you feel the symptoms. It doesn't matter whether you feel pain. You say you don't belong here. You go right now because you were laid on the cross of Calvary. And I can tell you what he did for Wigglesworth, even, if, even though it was after a time, will happen to you as well. You know, and uh, you say he is my strength and in him I have joy unspeakable, full of glory. Like Nehemiah would say, you know, uh, happiness, you know, uh, is a sense thing. 
but joy is you can have joy even when the whole world is collapsing on you you can have joy even when everything else has been taken away from you you can have the joy why because it's not your joy it is the joy that you get from the lord and it gives you what strength to pull through how do we now pray lastly we do not ask for justification he is our justification we do not ask for redemption he is our redeemer we do not ask for sanctification he is our sanctification we do not ask for righteousness yeah in our prayer we do not ask for righteousness he is our righteousness and we are in him we do not ask for peace he is our peace we do not ask for wisdom he is our wisdom he is the advocate he pleads he fights our battles when we are taken to court when the enemy tries to take us to court i'm talking about believers now when the enemy tries to take us to god to court and accuses us of whatever he's wanting to accuse us you have the advocate Jesus Christ the son of the living god you remind the devil i don't even need to go to court if you want to go to court you are going to be ashamed because you are going to meet with my advocate this is what we confess knowledge of the word taking it uh, 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 you know uh, 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 taking it as it is and uh, acting upon it and exercising it disregarding how we feel disregarding the senses putting away everything this will give us a, a, a victorious overcoming and powerful and bold life that Christ has given us on the cross now when it comes to um you know um you know i live on this earth you know this is a fallen uh, earth uh, da, da, da. jesus did away with fallenness when he was on the cross he did with the fall of man you know we 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 may be in this world we we may get the, these diseases illnesses whatever it is that comes our way but like wigglesworth like the women with the goiter we are going to go back face the devil in the face and say you take this away because you are the one that brings it to me it doesn't belong to me i'm a child of god i'm a joint heir i am a survivor i am saved i am alive i have eternal life i am born again i have been redeemed i have a clean slate i am the righteousness of god in in, in christ i am uh, i i i i am his is 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 workmanship he made me in his in his own uh, image i have been healed by his strut this is what you 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 tell you tell the enemy you walk with your head held high with your shoulders lifted high you you you, know, you don't fear any evil any longer you know i want to tell you one story the last one now when wigglesworth one day he said he was uh, being disturbed in his sleep 
and he was in his room and then he got a little bit of a disturbance and he, he felt like there were some movements in, in the room that didn't feel quite right uh, when he was praying. And then, and, 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 and then he, he got up and then he, he looked around and he literally saw the devil climb out of the window and fled. And then he said, oh, it's only you. I thought it was something else. And he went back to sleep. That's how much faith he had. He wasn't going to be disturbed. He refused to be disturbed, to lose his sleep over the enemy. Because he knew that he seated on the right hand of God. Before, you know, far above the heavens, on the right hand of his majesty on high. He knew that's where he is. If the enemy took a chance, because he will take a chance, he reminds him. He said, it's only you. Come on, get out of here. And he went back to bed. So with this, I want to say thank you for listening. And I believe that those who maybe did not know the fullness of what the cross did, even though you are saved, I believe that you got something out of this today. For those who you knew all about this, you can help us give feedback and help us to, um, you know, to, to grow together and, uh, you know, see how we can improve on what we share with other people. And for those of you who are not born again yet, you are not redeemed, you don't even understand all these things, but you feel like something here is happening. You feel like this is something that you can take up on your life. You feel like you want to know this Jesus even more. I just want you right now to pray this prayer after me. And by faith, you will come into the family of God. Your sins will be forgiven and you will start the journey of knowing Jesus the, uh, for who he really is and what he has done for you and the benefits and the privileges that you have in him to live a victorious life on this very earth. Just say after me, um, uh, Lord Jesus, I come to you, me, a sinner. I admit that I have fallen away from you and I believe that you are the son of God and that you died on the cross for me and that uh, my sins will be forgiven uh, by you going on the cross. And today, I want to make this conscious decision to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for me. Amen. It is just that simple. If you said this and you know you meant it, this is a new journey and Jesus will reveal himself to you. And you will know in your heart, I won't be there, but I can tell you, he will reveal a whole lot, a whole lot, not in one day, but he will reveal a whole lot. For those of you who are Christians and you were not quite sure of some of the things uh, that were preached in here, I did give you scriptures. You go and read those scriptures and ask God to reveal the truth and the gist of those scriptures to you. So you can have this rich understanding of what Jesus did. This is Christianity. This is faith. This is what, you know, our 
faith is based on what Jesus did on that cross. With this, I will now leave you and give you a little bit of a homework. And please don't forget to sub subscribe, to share, and to like, and to comment. And I just want to thank you and pray for you uh, before we close. Father God, I just pray for all of these listeners today, you know, for those who knew, um, you know, what you wanted to tell them today uh, before they even listened. And for those who did not know, I pray, Father God, that you meet every single one of them at the point of their need. For those who today are saying that I need more, I need to know more, Father, I pray you and only you in the power of the Holy Spirit can bring those answers to the questions that they have. And Father God, bless them and let the mystery of and the truth of the cross dwell in their in their hearts let the word your word become tangible and true and sure in their hearts in the name of Jesus for those who are doubting Lord Jesus you reveal yourself to them that they can see you they can sense you with their spirit they can feel you and they will know for sure that you are alive and you have conquered death and you are a son of the living God. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. I just wanted uh, everyone to know that um, I have a book that uh, was released in August. Uh, it's an autobiography. Uh, um, uh, the title is uh, a, a Journey of a Thousand Miles uh, Begins with One Step. And this is uh, just about my life story and uh, a testimony, really. And um, uh, it's a good encouragement and a good read interesting people who have read it they say they can't put it down you know and then so i just uh, it's available everywhere it's available in the uk waterstones and amazon uh, prime and it's available in amazon.com it's available um, in other countries as well and uh, um, it's, it's, you know waterstones is selling it so you, you you can you can always have a copy you can get a copy from uh, my website uh, www.saramuloi.org uh, there's a, a place where you can purchase uh, the book there's a, a, a sales um, a page there uh, it, you will be guided once you open the uh, the website and there are also uh, resources in the website that um, you know uh, I've been doing the work that I've been doing and uh, you can find something that you know can encourage you something that can really really uh, uh, put back that spark that may you may have lost you know in the journey and 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 bring you back you know to a, a point where you, you resume your journey and uh, yeah it, it's been great and your support in this you know buying a copy will support the work that i do and will also help um uh, you know people that i'm trying to reach you know with uh, what god has, has really um uh, called me to do and encouraging others